ASU took another in-conference L that can completely derail them from those Pac-12 South title hopes. We're breaking down that game against Washington State and how that loss affected the Sun Devils, all on today's episode of Locked on Pac-12 Podcast. On Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Locked On Pac-12 Podcast and making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, uh, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. And as always, I'm loving it. I am your host, Cindy Robinson, former Pac-12 student athlete. And today joining me is a Locked On Sun Devils host, Connor Drios. Unfortunately, you know, Connor and I talked about this last time he was on, and it was said that he's always on after a loss for the Sun Devils. And so Richie was supposed to be joining us, but Connor decided to honor their uh, alternating schedule and be the bigger person and still come on despite the L. Oh, oh no, no, no. I'm not going to be the bigger person. I'm coming here to talk crap about both teams. I, I'm just, I'm taking this podcast down with me. I, it's, it's not how this is going to go. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'm sitting here high and mighty on my throne as my Washington State Cougars took down your Arizona State Sun Devils this past weekend. I will say by the time, what, the end of the first quarter, I was very excited to tweet to Locked on Sun Devils and let you all know. Look, so here's my thing, right? I have been a part of Cougar Nation now for over 10 years, we'll say. Don't want to date myself, but over about over 10 years. Um, I'm used to them having some glimpses of hope and shimmer and then falling off by the end of the game. So I was trying to keep the gloating to a minimum at the beginning, knowing that anything could happen. But by the end of the game, I was super ecstatic and could not wait for this episode. I was hoping that it would be Richie, but I'll get him next week. I will get him next week. Well, I, I will, and I think I even uh, put this on Twitter. I, I think I told Richie going into the game because uh, we had purchased tickets to go to this game, expecting it to be a win. I, I think I said like, I can't wait to just tweet it, send uh, it like halftime about like something about the podcast or, or just bragging about it. And we were down, gosh, at least fourteen nothing, whatever it was in the first quarter alone. Um, that game was like nightmare fuel. Like, there's bad games, especially like the week prior to their bye week. That second half against Utah, how horrible that was. Now they just did that all four quarters, and we had to sit there through that. That was just yeah. terrible. Yeah. All right, well, let's break this down because that was probably the biggest part of the game overall was how they started. Um, I want to say it was five straight turnovers to start the game, and that – or it might have been three and five overall, but correct me if I'm wrong. Either way, it was a lot of turnovers for the Sun Devils, completely throwing off, uh, I would say, their momentum from the jump. 
we didn't really even see them get a score into the second quarter, I believe. And it was, they went into halftime. Very end. 28 to seven. Yes. So for you, you were at the game. Um, One, describe the atmosphere for us. Cause I know that this is probably a game that most ASU fans expected the Sun Devils to maybe not easily win, but for sure expected a win. Uh, agreed. Um, being at the game, and from what I've heard uh, about a lot of the Sun Devil ga- games this season, they haven't really sold out. So mm-hmm. it doesn't feel like that stadium is always just packed with Sun Devil fans. Um, the student section is definitely starting to clear out by halftime, which kind of tells you what you need to know. Uh, and at least by half, kind of audible, like, go Cougars coming from, like, the Cougar-specific section, which was, like, maybe three different sections in the entire stadium, and they were louder than the Sun Devil fans. So... Based on how that game started, you were right. I, I don't remember specifically what it was, but we did have at least five turnovers. Considering they didn't punt the ball, they just kept turning the ball over to Washington mm-hmm. State. Uh, it, it was it was very easy for the fans as a whole just to get that energy taken out of them. So at that point, you kind of lost your home field advantage. But it's not it's not so much cheating for Washington State, but you guys were literally playing on half the field that we did because we just kept giving you the ball almost darn near in our red zone. So like, it's pretty easy to go put up points when you have to plan on such like such a shorter field. It's fair to say that a lot of that game, you guys beat yourselves. Um, but that is part of the game. Right. And so luckily Washington state for once was able to capitalize off those moments and actually turn those into points, which is very rare. I will say as a Washington state Cougar fan, if you, if you are a fan out there, you already know we've been in situations where other teams have shot themselves in the foot and we still didn't capitalize off of it. So it was good to see that within each play and, you know, each drive, they were giving it their all and really taking advantage going into that half 20 up 21 points, I think was probably the biggest confidence booster for them because then they went into that third quarter, didn't score anything. And it kind of put a shock to the system, but they kind of stayed the course fourth quarter came back and, you know, we're able to put some more points on the board and close out the game for a moment. I was a little nervous that you guys were going to come back and figure it out, but Thank God the Cougars are able to close it out and call it a game. <laughs> we, we did. I, I will say we started to head out with like maybe four minutes left. I think Trenton Borgay threw a touchdown pass to Andre Johnson, which we only lost by 13 points, which makes the box score look really good. But it was yeah. not a 13 point difference by any means. Um, right. But but talking about those turnovers, like, yes, you guys capitalized on them. No one's ever going to look back at this game and think, well, we kind of gave you guys that win. No, Washington State earned that win. They stripped Chip, uh, trip, sorry, Chip Trey Anum uh, on that first drive where he kind of spun off of his great run. They got the ball. Uh, mm-hmm. Then there was a, a slant pass to Brian Thompson for a first down. Stripped him. Got the ball. So, I, I mean, they were very opportunistic. They picked Jaden Daniels off twice. Like, yes, they kind of shot themselves in the foot, per se. But at the end of the day, like, a win is a win. And we can't take that away from Washington State. It's, it's set in the standings, and that just is what it is. So, there's yeah. been a lot of things that I feel like for ASU that they've needed to focus on, especially coming off a bye week. Coming mm-hmm. off, they, they were, were rested. They were healthy. Yeah. And this is probably the worst game they had played all season. So I, I'm, I'm not trying to sit here and question what exactly they were doing for that last like week and a half, two weeks. But mm-hmm. what the heck were you doing? Because they did <laughs> not show up to play. Washington State got off the bus and ASU didn't, and they took care of them. Yeah. Okay. Well, coming up next, uh, Connor and I will continue to discuss this game and this matchup and how it's affecting the standings in the Pac-12. 
But for the, for all of you listening, this episode of Locked On Pack 12 podcast is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can connect, a place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I don't know about you, Connor, but for me, I used to love the orange high C and French fries that today to this day is probably still one of my favorite combos. If I do eat at McDonald's, which is a rare occasion, but like when I do, I'm looking for that orange high C. It's nothing like it. And I was so glad when they brought it back. Um, So I might have to treat myself to that this weekend ahead of these matchups and getting prepared. I don't know about you listeners out there, but you definitely should head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. We might as well make it a locked on Pac-12 watch party. Why not? We have some great games this weekend. Um, But as always, I'm loving it. Okay, shout out to you listeners for making Locked On Pac-12 Podcast your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, giving you everything you need to know about the Conference of Champions. Connor, this matchup was one of those important matchups for ASU to capitalize on. We talked uh, the last loss against Utah, and we mentioned how they can't really afford to lose too many more after giving Utah that leg up on them. And now as the standing stand, Utah beat UCLA and is sitting at the top of the Pac-12 South, kind of by themselves in a sense. Your overall records are tied up 5-3, but they have the tie break against you because they beat you two weeks ago. And so now there's a little turmoil for the Sun Devils and a little struggle for them to get back into that top spot. They're now relying on not only them winning, but also Utah taking some L's in their next few games. Yeah, so the last time we talked about essentially the amount of losses ASU could afford, that was literally the last time I was on this podcast. They've played a whopping one whole game since then, and they've already kind of squandered that. So Mm -hmm. ASU, I don't think they really have the opportunity to run the table. I really don't. We figured they would lose at least one game out of the last five. Uh, I, I think Rich and I both thought it would be against Oregon State at Oregon State. Uh, they've kind of cooled off a little bit, just as much as we have. But at the same time, I still don't feel comfortable on the road against them. Yeah. Uh, we still get Arizona to end the year, and we feel like that's a, that's uh, a solid win. But USC, um, they've been getting healthier. So obviously losing a, a Drake London, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the next segment, yes. uh, is going to be a big benefit to ASU. But I still don't feel too comfortable about that. But essentially, here's what has to happen. They have to win all four of their games, and here's why. ASU sitting at three and two in conference play and Utah sitting at four and one. So not only do they have to essentially win this week and Utah lose this week just to tie, Utah's still ahead of them in the standings because as you mentioned, they have that tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. So it has to happen from there. It, essentially, Utah has to lose to Stanford this week. And then they have to lose to Oregon in three weeks from now. So they can still beat Colorado and, and Arizona, which those are, are definitely going to happen. Those might as well be free wins at this point. Uh, right. So they need to lose to the only two maybe games left in their schedule and ASU has to win out. So for a team that started off pretty hot, 
tough loss against BYU, and they kind of picked it up from there, getting wins against like uh, UCLA after that. They just kind of squandered everything at this point. And with a team that's losing a, a ton of their veterans, like an example, 10 of 11 of their starters on defense are seniors. There's going to be a lot of new faces to this team in the next year or so, and not a lot of recruits behind them uh, due to the, the scandal that has happened like the last year or so. Uh, yeah. So this was this is kind of their one season to really get it going, and they're just blowing their chance at this point. Yeah, um, I definitely think it's one of those situations. It's going to come down to the wire. We already know how the Pac-12 conference works. It's so um, unpredictable, and at this point in time, it's easy to say this per- this team is leading, but next week could be a totally different situation. Uh, it's the nature of the Pac-12. We don't know why. It just is. They are super competitive with each other and seem to knock each other off these pedestals left and right. Um, Oregon will be a challenge for anybody in the conference at this point. They are also fighting for that college football playoff standing. They're sitting at number four right now, hoping to hold on to that. So I do think they're coming with a little different energy for the second half slate of games, you know, but um you never know. Not gonna count you guys out at all. Um, but you got you you couldn't get past us, and that's all that matters to me. <laughs> well, uh, unfortunately, and then we play your mater, which you, uh, you got yours from USC, correct? Yes, so, yes, yes. Uh, unfortunately, at least at least if we lose, we don't have to do this back to back weeks. At least Richie can come on the podcast. But uh, to to your point, like sports are somewhat predictable. If you talk to any professional at all, they can talk to you and look at the numbers about why they think a specific team is going to win. And that's all well and good. But you and I have both watched sports for a decent amount of time. Like things don't always out as as expected to, whether ASU, an example, just doesn't show up against Washington State, injuries, yeah. whatever it might be. Do I, I think we've got a good shot to win the South at this point? No, I don't. They, they've no. kind of taken that, that opportunity out of their hands. They have to go win and play their own game. But they need a lot of help. So do I, I think a Utah can't lose to a Stanford? No, I don't. Would I, I bet on it? Probably not. So I, I think I would say they're going to lose to Oregon and then also beat Colorado and Arizona. But at this point, ASU fans, you have to be the biggest Stanford fans this weekend because if they don't win, the rest of the season is somewhat meaningless uh, at this point. Yeah. Yeah, Stanford's been falling into a little bit of a pit recently. Uh struggling in their games and not giving us the same energy they had in those first half of the season games, that game against Oregon where they dominated and showed a whole different, you know, dynamic against ASU as well. Like there was a different dynamic from them. Although they struggle, you know, that was the first time Tanner McKee threw some um, interceptions, but to say the least, we still expected more from them. So I don't know what they're going to bring against Utah I hate having these conversations because it's like I can't really give too much more insight than what we've been seeing. But when things are very up and down, which in the case we've seen from USC as well, we'll get into coming up next. Um, it It's all up in the air. That's just how the Pac-12 is. Uh, we definitely thought it was going to go one way at the start of the season. By halfway point of the season, it was going a completely different way. So at this point, you can make your predictions, but how right and accurate you will be is, you know, a little murky. <laughs> I will just say a story for all Sunnival fans. ASU team has some hope, whether it's in a game or a season, and they fall flat on their face. That just kind of happens what feels like year in and year out. So yeah. they, they build up our hope, and then they just crush our dreams. Ah, life, right? College. College yeah. football, right? Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, coming up next, uh, Connor and I will discuss the preview of ASU versus USC, a game that they can't afford to lose. Uh, but for all you college and I guess college fanatics, football fanatics, any sport fanatics, uh, we're back and better than ever right now in college actually in sports action, we'll say. Um, a new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline.ag is your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. So head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, it was baseball postseason, but now NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. Okay, Richie. Uh, look, Richie, I, I I was prepared to talk to Richie. This is the problem. When you're prepared to talk to one and you have the other. But Connor, um, ASU versus USC is the big matchup this weekend that will be happening. And like I mentioned before, ASU can't really afford to lose this game. I think we actually just lost Connor for a brief moment. Uh, he'll return in a moment. I don't know quite probably technical difficulties, but either way, we definitely can expect ASU versus USC this weekend. The problem we have is uh, USC has lost Drake London, a big part of you know, their offense. Some we talked about earlier. Uh, okay, I think we got Connor back. There we go. Hey. We got you back. Okay. Sorry okay. about that. So what I was... No, it's okay. I was just starting to say how um, this matchup, ASU versus USC, is an important matchup for you guys, like we've been mentioning, um, but also for USC in the space of trying to finish out this season the best they can. They have been on an up and down roller coaster. They definitely are out of the contention for the Pac 12 South title, but uh, I don't know if their mindsets are where they need to be, also considering the fact that they did lose their one of their main weapons on offense that being Drake London to a ankle fracture. He is out for the rest of the season. And that's a big blow to their offense. I think it showed in that game, even though they were able to close out that game against Arizona, there's no reason why Arizona should have been so close to them. I will say that they finished the game 41 to 34. I believe the final score was, and that just is too close for my liking, especially when you're a USC Trojan. I'm, I'm not understanding, <laughs> but um, for you at, for the Sun Devils coming up against this team, what are your immediate thoughts? I will just say, as an ASU fan, um, I dislike strongly both Arizona and USC. So uh, I, I don't know who I prefer to win, I guess, USC. Uh, but in terms of this game, you mentioned the the loss of Drake London. It, it's big, but for mm -hmm. anyone who does not know what Drake London's been doing this season, I don't think you understand how big it is. Uh, essentially, USC leads the Pac-12 in passing yards per game, which I think was at, like, last time I looked, it was about 315 per game. Drake London has over 1,000 yards on the year, just short of 1,100 when he got hurt. Their next leading receiver has 396 receiving yards. I mean, it is a massive drop-off to what they're going to do, to where I don't know if they're going to be switching a little bit more to the run game and focusing on Keontae Ingram, 
who is a stud, but their their calling card, whether it's been Jackson Dart or Keaton Silvis, has kind of been the passing game this year. Mm-hmm. It's not that I don't think they can't move the ball against us still. Uh, I, I'm just I'm questioning how effective they will be. Uh, I, I if I'm the defensive coordinator for ASU, you've got to be focusing on Ingram and just making them pass the ball against you. If you find out that they're still able to do it, maybe you can focus a little bit more on the secondary and give them some help. But at the moment, Drake London is a huge loss, and we've kind of yet to see how it's going to impact him. This is really that first game uh, right. without him. I will also say, uh, up until, so right now it is Thursday as we're recording this podcast, uh, I don't think they've announced a quarterback for this game on Saturday. Uh, as of right now, I, I'm, there's no concerns that it's not going to be Keaton Slovis. I don't think there's a quarterback controversy per se. Um, I've also been hearing some rumors that I, I feel like they're holding back Jackson Dart's snap counts just so they can potentially uh, uh, redshirt him and keep him as a freshman. So uh, as of right now, I would say I expect it to be Keaton Slovis. But that's that's shocking because I I did notice that this last game they kind of alternated between them, um, giving them both opportunities to play. Um, that whole red shirt thing is so like beyond me at this point. I feel like they've needed him so much this season. But if you're gonna do that, you might as well just shut it down now because you don't have any chance. Uh, choice chances sorry to winning the Pac-12 South you're not in contention for it you're not like oh just two more games away let's battle for it so let's use all we have at this point play what you need to play otherwise save the rest for later because it's not going to benefit you later down the line and yeah so if you don't need to play Jackson Dart and you really want to redshirt him you might as well do it now don't even play with the oh we'll play you a little bit here and there like don't even do that it's not worth it I will say I saw a lot of these opinions on Twitter, uh, looking through some threads here and there, uh, which to be honest with you, you're looking like pretty deep into Twitter threads. Sometimes it's just like Reddit forms, but blue because it's Twitter. So as far as those rumors go, I have no idea how authentic they are. Just it's an interesting talking point. So as of right now, I'm preparing everything against Keaton Slovis, who beat us last year on a heartbreaking throw to one of their tight ends. Um, so mm. I'm really hoping to avoid having to sit through that again. Um, but we'll see. Uh, their defense hasn't been very impressive this year, uh, but if it's anything like it was last week against Washington State and we're essentially giving them the ball, I don't care how bad their defense has been. They're not giving up a ton of yards per se. Uh, they're kind mm-hmm. of middle of the pack in terms of the Pac-12 in terms of like rushing yards, passing yards, receiving yards, all that given up. But when it comes to the red zone, they just seem to, to flat out give up because I think they're second most in points allowed in the Pac-12 at about 28 and change, uh, only behind Arizona. So. ASU needs to find a way to move the ball against this team, whether they're going back to their run game and not maybe letting Jaden Daniels pass as much because he had some pretty uh, terrible throws, some bad turnovers this last week. Um, But they've got to be able to move the the ball consistently against this team because I I don't think USC specifically in the red zone is going to be able to keep them out of the end zone uh, if they can just uh, not turn the ball over as much. Okay. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Connor. We appreciate you as always. And thank you for being a good sport in this uh, whole situation. I know you weren't really looking forward to this, but yeah, I appreciate you coming on and doing what needed to be done. Uh, Next week, I will hopefully be talking with you guys a little bit about basketball. I know basketball season starts next week. You guys will kick off um, when I say you guys. The Sun Devils will kick off their season against Portland, I believe, which yep. I've heard good things about. Um, but we shall see what they bring and 
go from there. Hopefully ASU starts things off on a better note than what's been going on with their football team lately. And you guys have something great to talk about other than what's happening on the gridiron. But uh, thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Locked on Pac-12 podcast. You can follow along at LO underscore Pac-12 on Twitter, at LO underscore Sun Devils, and then at C Drios, that's C-D-R-E-O-S for Connor's personal Twitter. And then for mine, it's at underscore Cindy Robinson. Other than that, make sure you check out one of our other conference shows. There's Locked on ACC, Locked on Big 12, and Locked on SEC. Uh, Same aspect here, giving you all the breakdown of what's going on in those conferences and keeping you up to date on everything you need to know about the college sports around the world. Other than that, thank you for tuning in and make sure you stay Locked on Pac-12 on the Locked on Network. Okay.